0: Hello and welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best dang podcast you could put your little ears into. Thank you for joining us once again. Every Monday, you get a freshly made, hot out of the oven podcast Ooh. from your old pal, Sam and EJ. Don't pop that in your mouth too quick. You're going to burn yourself. Yeah, no, you got to let go. it Be cool careful. down just a little Way bit. To cool. But thank you for joining us, especially during the quarantine. And all the fun stuff that's happening in the world right now. We appreciate you supporting us. And we have a very special episode for you today. We have a very special guest joining us for the very first time, Mr. RB3. You might know him from the Schmodown, but also the First Cut podcast. uh, Sorry, First Cut YouTube channel and the meaning of podcasts where you guys dive into the filmography and discuss social and political themes. And your guys' goal is to shine a, life, a light on diverse voices and highlight their social impact on film. You can catch The Meaning of podcast every Friday anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll have links down below in the in our own podcast, so you can go join them, as well as subscribing to their YouTube channel. The First Cut. RB3, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing this
1: very early Sunday morning? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm really just honored to be here. I've been watching... Uh, I've been listening to the Only Stupid Answers podcast for quite some time now. Um, and I've been following you guys for a long time. And obviously, we've seen each other Ashmo down and things like that. But, you know, just happy to be here as a guest. I mean, no, man, really appreciate
0: you taking the time uh, to join us. And uh, also, if we might, uh, mind uh, talking about it really early on, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about um, the first cut and the meaning of the podcast? Like, When did that start for you? Uh, when did you guys start putting that together? And how's it been so far?
1: Um, yeah, me and myself, uh, myself and Andres Cabrera, Ace, he, we started um, The Minia Podcast back in September 2017, and then um, we've just been doing episode after episode where we talk about filmmakers and, like, the individual filmographies and how, you know, in film you could kind of tell what a filmmaker stands for and what he represents, like, through his movies. So we've just been kind of breaking down that um, for, since September 20. 17 and then in 2018 we started our youtube channel first cut where we decided to post our um our podcast episodes along with movie reviews and along with other kinds of content like video essays and all that kind of stuff so we've just been building up and we added sabrina ramirez um who is our uh newest co-host for the meaning of and and on our channel as well so we've just been you know talking movies, celebrating movies. Um, I love movies. It's always been a thing that I've enjoyed in my entire life. So I am just happy to just be a part of the community and be able to talk about it.
0: So I, for- I like your layout a lot on the on the channel. What has been um, – because I'm looking at right now, you got movie reviews for newer films. You're doing a series named uh, called Netflix Roulette, where I'm guessing you just randomly choose whatever you can find on there. Are you watching – what's been the – I don't want to say worse. That's mean. You're, you're dunking <laughs> on it. But like what's been the most challenging movie that you found uh, on Netflix through Netflix roulette so far? What's
2: the worst movie you've seen on Netflix? Who made it? And what's their social security number? Let's so we can send letters.
1: Let's, let's get him. <laughs> get him. <laughs> uh, you know, it's weird because sometimes we get stuck with really, really bad movies like last week um we got stuck with uh cardic i think that's the name of it and it's this like 19th century like um kind of biopic but kind of horror movie like and it's really weirdly made i think it's uh it's it's a portuguese it's a portuguese movie but it's all in french um so it's really it's really crazy i don't know if it's bad necessarily maybe i'm not like reading the subtitles right or something but uh yeah that's interesting to say the least but Sometimes we get stuck with good movies. Like, I know um, when dress was on there, he got um, The Pianist, which, mm-hmm. you know, is actually pretty good. And then um, our episode coming up this week, uh, we – Decided to, you know, Netflix has the Black Lives Matter yeah. um, sub subcategory now. So we decided to pick a movie out of that. And we actually watched Malcolm X, uh, the Spike Lee movie. Nice. Very so, cool. That's actually
2: um, on my, um, what is it? the your My list or whatever for me to check out. It is a little, I also saw another movie I saw pop up on Hulu that I was excited to check out was uh, Casino. And anytime a movie cracks that three hour mark, it's like... <laughs> I'll get to you. I'll get to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of these days, I might have to break you up into a mini series. but I'll get to you. (laughs)
0: There's got to be an even stopping point. They had to know this. Like, you got to think about when it airs on FX and you put ads in
2: there. Exactly. You got to think about the FX ads.
0: You got (laughs) to think about when it's going to be on TBS, where Uh, it always laughs.
2: So I got to ask. I got to ask for the first cut. You guys got to do an interview with um, Josh Trank, director of Chronicle. Mm Uh, and fan four stick everybody's favorite um how did that come about
1: how how was that like uh can you tell us a little bit about that well i gotta shout out um our co-host and 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 our and our homie Sabrina, sabrina ramirez she actually um they the uh josh trank actually followed her and then she followed him back and then Um, they started talking and um, she invited him on our show and he was really transparent. And obviously like, I've actually been a big fan of his work, you know, from Chronicle and even his new movie Capone for a long Mm -hmm. time. So I was like really interested to talk to him and we all had a lot of questions. So, you know, she sent him the link to our channel and he like really loved it. Like he loved the commentary that we did and everything like that. So he was super excited to come on and talk to us. And um and yeah, we had a great conversation about like the process of making Chronicle, yeah. Um, the process of dealing with everything behind the scenes, like leading up to Fantastic Four. Um, but you know, it, he he always gets a lot of questions about the Fantastic Four thing, and that's yeah. kind of like the big thing that uh is like the main conversation point a lot of times with with, with this guy but we have a real conversation about, with him about filmmaking and about the technical and about the you know the craft of it all he's really insightful he's really informative and he really uh he really he really dug our interview and he really and we really dug it too so it's one of my favorite moments that we've had in, in our meaning and our meaning of days too so. very cool it's fantastic i'm excited because i got it saved on my spotify so i'll be checking it out when i do uh
0: my runs this week uh, i've been trying to check out as many uh like other like deep dive film podcasts as i can um but i think that's actually a pretty good transition uh oh my camera is starting to freak out uh, audio <laughs> listeners you don't care but yeah. hey if you are interested you can support us over at patreon.com session only stupid answers maybe you can help me buy a new cam link yeah you can those, watch
2: you can watch those th- tricky little devices they <laughs> are so finicky They're and so if you exit,
0: if you accidentally step on it seven times, all of a sudden it starts, <laughs> stops working. And I don't know. I that sounds like a bad product to me. I don't know about you guys. But, but if you uh, yeah, want to see
2: ahead. if you want to see Sam's camera freak out live, you can go to patreon.com slash only stupid answers. Be a part of that fun journey. But yeah, Sam's It's working it's, right now. It's working right now. Sam, I, it sounded like you were gonna transition into what you're what we're into this week.
0: Mm-hmm. slash how are you doing how are you <laughs> slash, how are you doing,
2: are you doing?
0: It, i want it to sound like it's a <laughs> it's an old person in the park like a sweet old person coming up hand on the leg being like or on the shoulder how are you doing
2: that's how, how are it. you slash, doing
0: how are you doing and that's when you get to break down and be like i don't know man i don't know how it's going right now for me it's okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: um this week uh uh it was good like i uh, actually I, it's kind of like, uh, basically, I'll just say, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, went to one of the Black Lives Matter uh, gatherings at the Hall of Justice in downtown L.A., and it's been, like, difficult
2: because we've been... Sorry, when you say Hall of Justice, it sounds way cooler than... It. We went to the Hall it of is. Justice, Superman was there, he was like, yeah, everybody!
0: <laughs> yeah, we got there, and it was, like, way lamer than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, a bunch of armed police guards just, like, doing a lot of show of force and helicopter circling. It was is a lot lamer than that but yeah. you know hey maybe if you stay there long enough family will come out <laughs> but um yeah no uh, we went and it was on a wednesday and uh, apparently you know like cuz a lot of learning right now but um uh, every wednesday since i believe uh, what happened in ferguson the the riots in ferguson the uh, they've been doing these uh, gatherings where the family members the people who were killed by the LAPD or other police departments or uh, they, they come out and speak. And, and there's also indigenous speakers who came out and um, other activists. And it was really, it was really cool. And, but like my girlfriend, I've been like, trying to be really careful just because we've been so diligent with COVID um, that, and we want to show our support and we want to be educated and we want to support this, this movement. And what, it, and like, it's, it's easy to like support this movement. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, how can you, you're a shithead if you're not supporting it uh but um it, it was very it was very moving to be a part of that this week and uh to be a part of the march for a little bit and but outside of that um i uh this week i watched a movie called dragon slayer from the 80s do you remember Sa- this movie At sounds all? pretty
2: cool sounds cool it-
0: It's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's okay. Like, um let me actually find the actor who uh was the star of it. He was the foil to Mr. Bean in the hit American film Bean. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that movie? (laughs) (laughs) He was the foil for him. Uh Peter uh McNicol. Mm McNichol, McNichol, whatever. Mm. Uh, You recognize his face when you see it, but it's a it's a movie that like barely has a plot, Mm -hmm. and it's got a very (laughs) finicky CGI. But it's like it's solid. It's okay. Um, Like it's about a town, this castle that sacrifices a random woman every season, so a dragon will stay asleep. Uh And one time, this newbie wizard tries to take out the dragon. It doesn't work, so the dragon comes and starts killing people, so he's gotta go take out the dragon. But then the rest of the movie, it's really, like, genuinely, like, it it was just a gathering up ideas. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a loose... bundle of ideas of like you know what would be cool if this wizard died earlier on but then he came back later yeah like, uh sure 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 cool 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 yeah All right, i'm following following oh is uh, this know, part of was... your is
2: this part of your like movie for every was this d
0: no it was not okay Uh, was dying to survive uh (laughs) which was a chinese movie uh that was delightful oh i remember you telling us about that yeah um, yeah yeah. dying to survive is it's on amazon prime uh you can watch it but one bummer it's one of those uh amazon good for you for putting in like automatic subtitles for american viewers but it's it's clearly done with a bot because it only lasts for as long as people speak Mm -hmm. so if someone says like if a sentence in mandarin takes less time to say in Mandarin than it does in English. It's like big wall of text and then it goes away immediately. It's like, well, I got the gist of what he was saying. Like, yeah. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that means. Um, but that was very good. And also uh, the season finale for um, What We Do in the Shadows premiered on FX. Ooh. Very good show. RB3, do you
1: watch What We Do in the Shadows? Have you been checking it out? I haven't, um, but I know my my boy my boy Andres, he's been like recommending it non-nonstop. I love the movie like the The movie is like crazy so i know and i love everything fx does uh i know they did that uh that dave show recently too that was pretty good um so i I really want to watch what we do in the shadows for sure
0: i definitely want to check out
1: dave as well that's on my
0: list um i keep uh what we do in the shadows by the way season two is perfect like they they got like season one you could feel it's like here's the setup from the movie but different like, you can see it's like, it's the same, but different. And then you can kind of feel them trying to find their way, but by like halfway through season one, which is pretty short, they get it. And you're like, that's, and now here's the premise of the show, which is great. And then um, season two fully embraces that. And it's very, very good. So I highly recommend checking that out. And uh, Dave's on my list. Uh, Also, Via the recommendation of our Discord audience, people have been recommending I give um, Avenue 5 one more try. It's the space comedy from the guy who uh, was a showrunner for for Veep starring Hugh Laurie. Um, Can't do it, gang. It's it's really bad. (laughs) It's really bad. I'm sorry. I know you guys might like it, but it's really not doing it for me. But hey. Let's have a discussion over on our Discord, which you can join over at Patreon.com/slash/only stupid answers. RB3, though, let us know how you doing this week, and also if there's anything new you're into or you want to shout out, uh, go for it.
1: Yeah, um, well, like you, Sam, I actually was at the same uh, protest uh, oh, at cool. the uh, BLM uh, uh, BLM LA, um, you know, uh, protest at the Hall of Justice. Um, that's actually like the fifth protest i've been to um so i've been pretty much out there a lot and but for that one in particular i was actually helping um shoot a video with uh a youtuber i work with anthony padilla um yeah 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 so he's um he's 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 a really great we've been working together for um a little bit over a, uh, about a year and a half now, and um, you know I was out there camming. He was interviewing protesters and getting like perspectives for for a video and stuff like that. Um, so then, um, but I did that on Wednesday. And on uh, the main thing I watched last week, though, that I was really excited about was the new Spike Lee movie on Netflix. Um, the, the five Blugs. Blugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I actually wrote a review for it for Geeks of Color mm-hmm. um, that you know is available, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know it's there are some issues with it for sure but i think like overall it's a really great movie and it's really like prevalent movie that's like you know everything spike lee does is very relevant very like today and very modern but also has like this like timelessness to it too um and the five bloods definitely had that as well so i really appreciate it um i really appreciated that movie and um yeah that's been the main thing i've 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 been watching i've also been checking out the new steve carell show um space force what do i think is i i actually i know a lot of people have been like not liking it i've actually been like it's been okay it's been really it's been it's been good for me so far honestly i like kind of like broad comedy you know and i also like how it kind of pairs like the dynamic between like science and military against each other because mm-hmm. i think in a lot of old movies especially when you watch like movies from like the 1950s like those like sci-fi movies like the thing from another planet where it's like the military guy is like "Well, you have to do this and the scientist is like no this is actually a good idea and then the military guy just like slaps it around and like lets it go or whatever yeah and i think i think the space force show kind of plays on that dynamic but it subverts it a little bit where a lot of times the science guys are the more correct give the more correct answers than the, than the military guy. So I, yeah. I really, I, I just like it on that level. It, it is dumb. And I also like it cause they film it a lot at, uh, at this college, uh, Cal state, Doming- Cal state, Dominguez Hills. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, our- I was wondering what it was. Yeah. yeah. I knew it yeah. had to be
0: in SoCal, but I, I also have never been to that campus before. So I wasn't familiar with it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny because my high school, uh, was on that campus. My high, the high school I went to was California Academy of math and science or whatever. Yeah. So it's actually on the campus of CSUDH. So I used to literally walk by all the places that they walk by in that show, like all the time. That's That's cool. I I went to CSUN. So like, you know, that the, the, Library
0: is sky high, or mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is uh, the Starfleet in the new Star Trek movies. You know, it's like all that. It's always yeah. it's always cool seeing stuff like that. But um, I thought John Malkovich did a really good job in in Space Force. Like uh, his, mm-hmm. his his stuff. I never found myself laughing out loud, which was what you yeah. expected to do yeah. in a Greg Daniels, C. Carell show. Uh, but I did like the premise. Also, just a fun fact that I learned, or maybe not super fun fact, but I'll I'll share it. Um, that uh, I I didn't realize why China was the antagonist of the series and then i looked up Mm. that they're banned from the iss they are not allowed to be on the iss because well it's america we we Mm -hmm. said
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that they farted too much uh, on the
2: iss they just all they were so farty up there that we're like we can't you can't (laughs) we can't we can't can't we're all trapped in here we're breathing the same air over and over again and we gotta (laughs) stop
0: (laughs) they were talking about though that uh they are it, it it's all about proprietary technology. They're like, we can't have China up there because they don't want them to look at our tech and then bring it back and then copy it, which they've done apparently a lot. Uh, and, uh, but um, I don't know. It was just interesting reading, like kind of diving into that, like why America and China have such an animosity when it comes to the space race. And also their space programs accelerated like crazy over the past 20 years. If you like look at, they landed on the far side of the moon. Like they've done all this stuff. Like they are, they're moving real quick so i thought that was interesting for them to be the foil for that uh for that series but uh, i actually kind of enjoyed it as well like i wasn't like crazy about it. if season two came out like next week i'd, I'd take my time you know like <laughs> yeah. i'd take my time getting to it but I, I did not hate it at all yeah no definitely but dj what about you
2: so for me um i've been catching up on uh rami uh season two of rami uh. dropped uh i think it was last week as of this recording uh, and it is it, it just like last season and also he didn't he just w- win a Peabody Award anyway congrats to him really yeah I think so I think he did um Great. and Great. this um this season is very good it it continues to invest in that like um putting Rami in the most uh, awkward situations that you could possibly find your, I just I just watched one episode uh for those that have watched the series it's let's just say it's the Atlantic City episode. And you'll know what I'm talking about, uh, some of the situations <laughs> he's found himself in. But, of course, this season, um, you know, it continues his journey of trying to find spiritual enlightenment. And he become, he, he kind of attaches himself to um, a new religious leader played by Mahershala Ali, who, of course, uh, what, what is unsurprising is how great he is. What is surprising is how Mahershala Ali continues to find new ways to remind you how great he is um, and how talented he is. There's one specific scene at the end of an episode where he has to talk to Rami um, uh, about about uh, something that that matters to both of them, um, and the journey he's able to take. It's not even it's not completely a monologue, but it's primarily him. This journey he's able to, to go on between being a religious leader. While also expressing his own personal views on on um, uh, Rami and how it relates to the situation, and navigating that, it, it's just so it's because I'm a, a lame nerd. It's just like oh, I can't wait for Blade. It just it gets me so <laughs> amped because he he's just such a great performer, and anytime you see him in anything, uh, it almost almost makes me want to watch Green Book. Almost, I, <laughs> I won't because I don't care. But but he's so good in Rami. It's like you know, maybe I should give Green Book a shot. Maybe I'm being. Can too I get
0: a, an edit of just his scenes? Just
2: his scenes from the yeah, Green just Book his scenes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've been watching that and really been digging it. Um, uh, highly recommend it. Um, but I also wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, one of the big pop culture news that hit this week was uh the ps5 announcement um we got a lot of reveals of of games and stuff like that i'll, I'll for me the one that hit uh, excited me the most was the new horizon forbidden west which was a, a sequel to horizon um, zero dawn which was the first game i got i i got my ps4 like two years ago and got that game and it, it's incredible and i am very excited to play the sequel the trailer got me super amped um for those that don't know those games it takes place in a far future where humanity's kind of recover recovering from the brink of extinction and it's a world populated with giant robotic creatures um and then you uh, a mechanic in the game is hunting these creatures um and it's it's really cool but did you guys get a chance to check out the announcement and was there anything that like uh stood out to you uh
0: just to just to kick it off i i did not get to watch the announcement i saw one trailer that i'm going to talk about after we talk about this but any person that ever got a play i got, I got a playstation like two years ago as well like i kind of missed the boat when it first came out the ps4 but um uh every single person has recommended horizon zero dawn and i think it's so now good time for me to to play it but rb3 are what what excited you and what do you think about uh the the horizon zero dawn announcement
1: Well, I'm a huge uh, Horizon fan as well. Um, I've had my PS4 for a little bit longer, about three years now. Um, But, yeah, that's definitely one of those games that you crack open and it's like the most immersive like storytelling that you could get. And I love um, I love, you know, a selfish as maybe I kind of love like only player games, you know. Yes, same. And um, so I kind of like just kind of like the narrative driven storytelling um that's why a, another another big announcement that they announced was that new spider-man um miles morales dlc yeah that to me i was like oh this is this is exactly what i was looking for because the spider-man ps4 game is literally probably one of my top three or four favorite games of all time like i played it so many times i must have played like four or five times even with Same. the additional black cat um add-ons and uh, yeah. and uh and everything like that so i i really I really, really loved um, and the Silver Saber pack too. So I really, really love like that game. And I, I want to see them. I want to, I want to see what they're going to do with, with it next. You know, it's kind of confusing because I read this morning,
0: like just like, as I was kind of like waking up, I was reading that like what this miles game is, is confusing because it's not like a new disc. It's not a new like standalone, but they call it a standalone that is built onto Spider-Man PS4, which we call that a deal. That's a DLC, but right. it behaves that way. But it is its own like narrative that. Mm. Has more to it than a DLC does. It's kind of confusing what it is exactly, and it feels like they're being a little tricky. It sounds like mm-hmm. it's a port for play- the Spider-Man PS4, which is fine. Yeah, mm. whatever you need to do to get a lo- enough content at launch, we see with HBO Max, they don't, they don't have enough when it comes <laughs> yeah. to launch and Disney Plus. But like, it, it, I wish it was a little clearer. Of like, do I need to spend sixty dollars to get this game, or Damn. do I'm like, can I just play it on my PS4? You know, I can't really tell. But man, Damn. that trailer. I I love downloading songs after I hear them in movie trailers or video game trailers, and I immediately downloaded that. I was just like, "This is great! I am so amped." So
2: So my my question to both of you, when it comes to that, like, are you are you planning? I believe the system's supposed to drop by the end of the year. Um, Since it sounds like we all got our systems relatively later in the in the PS4 cycle. Are you planning on getting it? And also, like, let's say, let's say this Miles Morales kind of works like a red, dead, undead nightmare where it is not, it's an, it's an add-on, but it's kind of its own game. It's, it's like, it's like half of another game, basically. Is that worth it to you to possibly, do, are you planning on getting a system? Is something like that worth it to you to invest in another system? RB3, let's start with you
1: so for me i always every single time i I get a playstation i always make the mistake of buying the station right before they launch like the light version and i always end up with the thick bulky version because they put them right on sale right before they get the live put out the live version so i'm like all right perfect i'll just get it while it's on sale yeah and then um so i think i think for this time i think i've learned from my mistakes um that happened with the ps3 happened with the ps4 i think for the ps5 i'm just gonna I think I'm going to try and hold out as long as I can for the light, see if they put out a light version. Cause I do, I like the system and I like the new engine and the specs, but you know, the design is a little Mm -hmm. eh to me. Um, So I kind of, I think a a lighter, smaller design will probably be a little bit more ideal for my, for my personal taste. Um, But if, I'm hoping that if it is a, a DLC sort of situation, or for something like Horizons, or for the other games that they show trailers for, like uh, like uh, uh, you know NBA Two K um, twenty one, or all the other games that they show trailers for, um, I hope they're able to also be convertible with PS four. Like I hope I'll be able to play the Miles Morales game on PS four yeah while i wait for the ps5 so
2: yeah i, I agree with that too i kind of hope that like um you know because sometimes you see this a lot with nintendo where it's like there's a new zelda game for switch and also for the Wii. you know what i mean it's yeah. like okay cool i'll just i'll just get the weaver in this case like if if the new horizon game also is on there's a ps4 version it's like i'll wait i'll wait till the new god of war and then i'll invest in the new uh and that's the exactly new PS5. what i was
0: thinking i was like it you it Once there's like a new god of war or like Like a something like a like a tent pole like that because like the PlayStation Four was well worth the investment with uh, uh, even though Detroit Beyond Human was a little disappointing for me but like it was an impressive game to play God of War is beautiful Spider Man PS Four was a like I fully agree with you RB Three it was just like I I, actually that was the first game uh, my nephews are like younger younger and I brought them over and I like that's the first time I ever like try to teach them how to play like the PS Four with the PS Four controller with Spider Man it's like yeah you get to actually be Spider-Man. Like, I know we played like Spider-Man two and all the other games as kids, but like they had some wonky mechanics in there. the mechanics mm-hmm. in this game though, that inertia with the swing, then the fighting that being so fluid, like the Arkham games, it's just perfect. And uh, seeing how they could possibly use like miles powers of like uh, the cloaking and the venom blast and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm way on board with that. And um, yeah, I'm probably going to have to wait, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I just, Man, we're in a pandemic right now. I know you really <laughs> want to launch your stuff. It's like, look at Quibi, look yeah. at HBO Max, a little bit. Like, look, it's it, yeah. we don't. Not everyone's got that disposable income right now for an entirely new uh, next-gen console. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I'm excited. Also, kind of video game announcement: uh, the 2K uh, ported over the Bioshock franchise to Switch, which I know that means there's going to be. It's not going to be as HD as like. It would be on like the PlayStation, but I'm excited to play those games again on uh, a portable platform to be able to take around with me because uh, those games are amazing. So yeah. uh, I'll I'm also say,
2: uh, going to RB3's point about it about getting the slim down version. It, looking at the the um, the images for the PS5, it's like all of them have it standing on its side. It's like mm, I'm going to need I'm going to need to be able to flip it flip it this yeah. way. I'm going to need to flip it on its side and whatever. I don't need it standing up like a tower personally. It's a Let's yeah. Like a router, yeah. yeah, super expensive router. All right. So <laughs> let's let's dive into um this week what we wanted to talk about with um you know everything going on in our uh in in our culture in America right now. Um the there is a direct we like to talk about movies and TV shows and comics on this show. People that listen traditionally know this. And I think one of the most direct impacts um with everything that's happening is the idea of how uh police and law enforcement are represented in media because um it's it's like i mean literally if you just look at the what the chicago franchise does you've got like the tent poles of of um modern tv drama you've got medical dramas you got legal dramas you got cop dramas like that's that's how we make tv like a majority of shows um, because it's easy it's easy it's easy to um uh look at a job that is quote unquote supposed to be law enforcement and take quote unquote taking down the bad guys and build a uh and we've got decades of formula to build off of but i think um people have been talking about this and and the it, it's it's time to rethink how uh, rethink our, our, as an audience, how we're being informed by that media. And also uh, for content creators, for the people that make these shows, they have to rethink, um, how they do it. So we wanted to dive into that a little bit. And I think a good jumping off point, at least, um, for Sam and I, uh, RB3, I don't have you, would you watch Brooklyn nine, nine at all?
1: I've watched the first like few seasons. I haven't watched, uh, I haven't watched very, very recently since they moved networks, but I have watched when it first started. So I,
2: a lot of we've, Sam and I have been vocal that we are, Sam, it started with Sam and then he got me on board too. We're, we're fans of the show. Um, and uh, I've, I've heard that show in particular come up uh, as uh, part of the conversation as cop propaganda. I think people that watch the show, you know, it's a little more complicated than that because almost every antagonist the show has ever had has also been police enforcement, been corrupt cops. That, yeah, I think that one time they
0: did uh, a, like a mob boss, but he was paying off cops. You know, yeah, like, yeah the, cops, the cops are the bad guys. Yeah, yeah the, the cops boss, are the bad guys. On.
2: That said, it, is, it does paint this idea of, you know, like the good cops trying to change the system da, 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 da. Um, and which did, does not appear to reflect the times we live in if we're being honest um, and in particular uh, in Discord Jay Shark said if they were going to give new jobs to the characters of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where would you like to see their careers go so Brooklyn Nine-Nine what, what could they do but also how do we change how could how could TV shows and movies change the way they depict cops how should they change
1: go ahead go ahead oh no i was gonna say what well, you know i i i do enjoy brooklyn 99 like i think it's a fun show and i think for i think what is beneficial at the very least about brooklyn 99 is that like it does show like uh a lot of diversity in, in the police force and it shows like um you know a black gay captain and it shows you know terry cruz and it shows like all of these uh It shows a pretty like diverse kind of workforce that, you know, behind the police unit. So it kind of gives him a little bit more of an idealistic shift to the way we've seen police like over over the years. So I think in that sense, it is it is a positive as at least compared to like a lot of other shows. When you watch them, it's like all white cops. Like you watch something like. The Wire or you watch something, um, you know, The Wire besides the, you know, the main detective dude. Yeah, you got um,
2: Lance Reddick and then you got, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. He's actually in the five book, Clark Peters.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you've had a lot of these kind of police shows like over the years, but at least Brooklyn 99 kind of reinvents it a little bit and kind of satirizes it to some extent. But yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Sam.
0: No, I, I, it's just complicated, you know, because like there are people are calling for reform for like Paw Patrol You know, like Mm -hmm. on Nickelodeon, and it's like it's it's well, it's have the conversations. You know, like it's it's important to and uh, and interesting conversations come up with everything right now with uh, uh, with with the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. It's that uh, reform might not be enough. It might just be. uh, I'm I'm sure some people may have uh, heard tale of Camden, New Jersey's. Uh, how they abolished their police force a couple of years ago and then reformed it and rehired cops. And since then it's been uh, a much different place to work a, and they, and it's been a better police force, but like, maybe that's, maybe that's not enough for what we need moving forward, you know? And so uh, it, it's complicated the show. I think Brooklyn nine nine does a very good job of showing cops that you want to root for um, not so much the sheriff that comes in corrals a bunch of corrupt cops, but cops that, feel like they're looking out for their community the way that you know it's that propaganda works it works well yeah. um uh but i i think addressing this i don't know if the show has the bandwidth to do it they've done a couple episodes where they've talked about sexual harassment or they talked about uh like uh terry cruz in one of the later seasons is out looking for a toy and he reaches for something and a white cop sees him and pulls a gun on him and uh, it's hyper aggressive, and the uh, it, and it's an episode that kind of uh, it, I don't even want to say to the best of their ability because I just don't think they did a, a, the best job of trying to tackle uh, what it means to be a, a black man in America, but also a black cop. Like it, I didn't feel like they actually like dealt with it because they're at the end of the episode, they're like, you know what? Together, Terry and. Um, cool. uh, uh, oh, uh Holt, thank yeah. you, uh are gonna, you know, they're gonna tackle this together and they're gonna deal with this. And that was three or four seasons ago and mm-hmm. um nothing's happened. It's like, I don't know, uh RV3, if you watch uh Harley Quinn, but they did a it was a very funny episode where Jim Gordon uh is clearly an alcoholic, like very bad. And he's like, you know what? Do we want to do a fun montage where we see cleaning up and we skip all the hard parts of, of cleaning up the alcoholism? And they just like skip past all the parts and now he's fine and everything's good and they deal with <laughs> it. And it's like Maybe, maybe we see that uh, with Brooklyn and Nine-Nine, they just kind of skip that process because it is a procedural comedy. And like maybe they just don't have that bandwidth to deal with it. But they're going to have to, and I just don't see them doing it right. And I know the question was, what do you how do you see their careers going? It's like, well then the show doesn't exist. It's like I know sometimes they do the season where like the band needs to get back together and they're all like working, they're a chef or this one's a cab driver now, and it's like, but they need to come back together to save the city or whatever. And it's like, Yeah, but I don't see I don't see the show doing that. They only have thirteen episodes now a season. Here's, like, they don't have time for that.
2: Here's my thoughts. One uh, I do think actually Brooklyn ninety nine um, going back to RB3's point about it being a, a diverse show and, and you've got actors in there like Stephanie Beatrice um, who I think are, are aware of this stuff. I think it might be in a unique position to tackle in a way that something like Law and Order or Chicago PD would not be able to. Um, but my suggestion is that they all quit the police force and they become PIs. And they just decide to keep the name Brooklyn Nine-Nine as private investigators. And then you make jokes about, like, this is the largest. There's, like, 12 people on staff. Like, how are we able to afford a private investigation team? It's like, well, we're doing it. We're being scrappy and fun. Uh, that's Uh I, I think they should all quit. That's my thought uh suggestion for what is it? Season, season 7, Season 8, whatever season we're on now. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to bring up. You know, it's it's one thing you look at, at cop shows, right? And and even the the shows that kind of depict corruption and stuff like that are from the perspective of cops. But, you know, uh, our bread and butter here at uh, Only Stupid Answers, we like to talk about superhero media. I'd like to suggest that I think it is time for superheroes to become outlaws again. We talked a little bit about Spider-Man PS4, and a big chunk of that game is Spider-Man being buddy-buddy with a cop and also uh, tapping into the police surveillance state so he can find people and stuff like that. Oh, I think it, it, The extra level
0: to it is that it's a private, multi-billion-dollar company. Corporation that has given surveillance equipment to cops to use. <laughs> Spider Man hacks it and he hacks like,
2: into it. Oh. Yeah, let oh. let's get rid of all of that. Spider Man should be running from the cops again. The cops should hate Spider Man uh i think we actually have a question that relates to this in the discord sts 2884 says are certain characters better suited to address this issue than others like if miles Miles morales or superman make a political statement it makes sense for those characters but i feel like it would be tone deaf or pandering if batman or iron man became anti-cop out of the blue um i would expect x-men to address this but they seem to be doing their own thing right now uh i my stance is i think superheroes in general should go back to to being kind of like Uh, uh, law enforcement is against them. Um, but what do you guys think about that? And also, are their characters better suited to tackle stuff like this? RB three.
1: Um, I think you know, I think that's interesting. I think that 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 is something that I think why a lot of people went to um and related to superheroes to begin with. I think that's why it kind of had this kind of like vigilante esque, like kind of working outside of the system, you know, for a long time. And you know, I think. When you talk about Miles Morales, he is in a unique position to kind of have like a position on this or a stance because his father um, is a police officer. Yeah. Um, you know, and in, in the comics and in the storyline, so it's like you know, um, it, it he would it, his position, you know, kind of comes from like working within the system, like and just from relationship and proximity of his f- familial uh, connection, but then also working outside of it and also just gaining his own identity and being his own brand of crime fighter um and yeah it's funny because i think a lot of movies today have actually kind of addressed the anti whereas something like spider-man ps4 actually did have controversy when it came out about the police thing but then you know i think of something like captain america right like we think of Captain America, he's traditionally in the comics. He's very in the comics and, you know, in the beginning of the Marvel and the MCU, he's very like pro-government, pro government, um, pro, you know, law enforcement, pro like establishment. But then he, his eventually throughout this comic run and throughout the movies, he evolves into like this anti um, um, law enforcement um, kind of figure who yeah. has a great like amount of distrust for like the way they are. You know, handling situations and stuff like that. So I would love to see that explored. I love to see. Um, I love to see more Black heroes yeah. on screen that kind of, you know, yeah, kind of have a different and unique relationship with um, law enforcement um, because that is a prevalent thing that happens within our culture. Like I said, again, that's a, that's a great reason why Miles Morales is in the unique position to have a kind of a, a great arc and storyline. I know they're doing the new Spider Verse movie um coming coming up next year so i'm hoping that maybe that's something they they kind of incorporate into that but Absolutely. yeah overall i i think the conversation is needed within the superhero um comic book last last um uh, um last you know last landscape because we because comics have always represented something political and has always taken a stance and have always yeah. been something that has spoken to a greater conflict like in our world so i'm hoping that maybe that's something that we we see uh going forward that's a great point though with spider-verse because his dad is a cop too that
0: they've chosen to be because sometimes he's a secret agent in uh the comics and that's an easy way to kind of like you know he's like fighting aliens and Mm -hmm. fighting extra-dimensional threats you can kind of disconnect a little bit but no he's he is very much a nypd cop in Mm -hmm. in that in that movie franchise so like that's something that Will probably be addressed. And I feel like the writers of those of the that specific movie are very intel are pretty intelligent uh when Mm -hmm. it comes to that. Or you know, maybe it just doesn't get addressed. You know, like maybe it doesn't because it's also they seem to be teasing like a multiverse threat. And so like I don't maybe that doesn't fit into it, but right. Um I, I, I like the idea of uh of i guess i did i mean i will just being honest because i remember when i was reviewing the spider-man ps4 game i liked the idea at the time that he was working with the cops because it felt like it, it was working in a system that was good but then looking at the criminal justice system with any kind of lens you notice that there there are major major flaws and actually that brings up uh, another question from danny danny x the extreme the next uh on wednesday i watched a lot of law and order svu since there was a marathon uh a lot of the time cops in these shows use clever tactics legal loopholes and other things like that normally as the protagonist we encourage admire their behavior but in the lens of what's currently going on and has been going on i feel it's irresponsible to make such storylines just for entertainment value how do you feel these uh how do you feel those stories need to be changed and I fully agree with that and that's what I've been kind of thinking I've been just like thinking about with spider-man working with the police it feels like a legal loophole and it's it's icky it feels icky like that you're sending like a a private entity to go take out uh to go do the bidding of uh of a law enforcement uh office it it feels weird and I I I was thinking about law and order too because I used to watch that show a lot as a kid um and especially when you talk about diversity, like that show was like 99.999% white and then Ice teas there. And he's like, <laughs> wait, you're telling me that uh, a murderer kills people, a serial killer kills people for fun. He's like, yeah, Ice tea. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> yeah. yeah Ice tea, That's what you do. John Mulaney. tells the, the joke better. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I, it feels like these shows can't really just like on, first thought it feels like these shows can't really exist anymore with the current way people feel or, or have been feeling about uh the police force but there is it like you mentioned dj when it comes to like pis we do like the idea of detective hardboiled detective stories we like the idea of someone solving a crime mm-hmm. you know it sounds interesting and taking down the bad guy but and that's what i feel like brooklyn 99 just kind of coming back to it for a second it feels like that's what they were trying to do but also it is a it, they do deal with the police. They are the police. It It, it is very much pro-police when they're the good guys, you know? So mm-hmm. there's, it is, it, it's more complicated. But anyways, uh, throwing it to uh, DJ and RB3, uh, do you feel when it comes to like SVU and other shows like this, using clever tactics and legal loopholes, th- how do you feel about it now? Or maybe how did you feel about it then? Like, did, has your opinion changed on stuff like that?
2: Well, I think um, uh, go for it. Rb three, go for it.
1: Oh no, you go. You go ahead. You go ahead. Uh,
2: I think it's interesting. Something else we we tend to not think about when it comes with the NYPD. We think of uh, and, and other major police forces, but specifically with NYPD, is that is an international organization. They have agents across the globe uh, uh, working for them. Um, it is it is a major global law enforcement agency. Um, based out of new york and so when you talk about um surveillance state and stuff like that it's it is serious it's a serious thing um and i think i i've always one of the things i really liked about spider-man it, it was more grounded than the idea of like trying to do good and everybody hates you anyway but uh and that that uh uh went with the cops as well they also hate him but that idea of being outside of the system and it's something i feel like they could have easily utilized with a character like Batman. Like, uh, I would have loved to see a scene in, in a comic where somebody's like, Batman, why Why don't you just give your money to the cops and instead of you going out and doing it? And then he just turns on the news to any one of the numerous time cops have abused their power. And he's like, I don't trust these people. So I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Um, it, uh, I think that might be an easy justification for why... There, there's There's so many justifications at this point why people shouldn't trust the system. And that's a big part of our media as well. But to specifically talk about um, the loopholes like, you know, Dirty Harry's classic cop thing. Like, I'm going to do the things other cops aren't willing to do. And I think that's um, the the best example of that that I think maybe other shows can look at, even though it's a more adult skewing show, is is The Shield. Because The Shield presents itself. As like just another like dirty Harry cop that's willing to bend the, bend the rules to do what's necessary, but very quickly lets you know like, no, Vic Mackey is a monster. Vic Mackey is a villain. Vic Mackey is somebody that media has said is like, cool, but we're going to let you know that this guy is awful um and and he's a villain protagonist like you should not like this guy and the only reason it, the 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 mechanism of the show is the same mechanism that made breaking bad work we're just going to keep throwing worse people at them so comparatively you, you know what i mean like you it, still it, root for him yeah you still what? root for him even though you know and you want for them to be caught and defeated in the end um and I think that, is, that could be something that we, we, I think we should look at. Uh, I, you know, a joke I made with my friend the other day um, on Instagram, I saw a comic, I found a lot of comic artists. And so a panel came up from a Robocop comic where he's like busting out of the back of a van and kicking off a bag, literally punting a bad guy's head off his shoulders. And I was like, I would very much like to see a Robocop movie where Robocop's the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like RoboCop is this murder machine that the cops have made and everybody has to figure out what to do about it Um, Mm. because I think that is more indicative of the culture we live in and we need to think about like shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and stuff like that have made jokes or alluded to the systemic issues that plague this and it's like we're at a point now um, especially in in art where it's like we need to to not just like poke fun at it but really like process it and deal with it and and right. look at the cops that bend the rules and break the rules and be like you know, a weird example I think is um uh Quentin Tarantino's work, but it's very specifically the hateful eight. The hateful eight uh goes to great pains to uh articulate how the legal system in the Wild West worked, and the dis- difference between like frontier justice and all this stuff, and like we like to think of the 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 West as this lawless time where everybody just got to do what they want. And while there less that is to a degree too, there were laws and there were yeah. ways to do things. And I I think our media would benefit uh, by taking a hard look at like the way the reality of the way laws work, the intent with the way laws work. And maybe start suggesting ways that um, they can be changed because media does affect the way people view stuff. I think the, the, when you talk about this whole argument of like a few bad apples, like, you know, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, like, has anybody actually ever had a positive interaction with the police? And I realized any positive feelings. I've had like six or seven interaction with the cops. None of them were good. Uh, none of them were positive. Mm-hmm. And. So when I think about the times where I'm like, well, to support the police, I think about movies. I think about TV shows. I think that's what I think about, not my actual life interactions. Mm-hmm. So so it is important the way media represents that, but RB3, what do you what do you think about this this idea of like the cop working outside the system and bending the rules to catch the bad guy?
1: Well, you know, I I I actually I it's funny because it it goes a lot of ways, right? Like I the private pi stories and the private detective stories are kind of the reasons why i kind of started liking movies and loving movies um like noir movies are my favorite genre so like Same. those old school black and white you know like the private dick who's going in and 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 he, has, he kind of has to work around the police to to, to figure out the crimes and yeah. that's what a lot of old movies was but then Back in like the sixties and seventies, we saw this transition from like the one man who does it all by himself to the transition of the team that does it, and that's when it went from less about the private detective and more about the police unit. Um, and that's why a movie like Dirty Harry became so popular because it was like it was like a, a, a dude within the police system who was who did have a badge and was working um, as an officer, but he was breaking the rules and bending him. So I think. You know, I I personally, you know, it's been here. It's been a, a thing that has been like, you know, praised and celebrated for a lot of cinema. We obviously think of Dirty Hair when we think of uh, like the iconic quotes and like the imagery and the giant gun being pointed towards the camera. Yeah. But what is kind of missing in that conversation is the black dude who's on the other side of that gun. Yeah. And they don't. And every time I watch that movie, that's striking to me how kind of overtly. kind of problematic that is Mm -hmm. and so you kind of and then you start looking at you know the private detective stories and you start looking back at those and you think well they're not necessarily the most ethical either um so then you know i think that's why again another reason why people love comic books because it's a figure somebody like batman who is essentially a private detective um but he's working outside of the system and we 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 identify with him because of you know because he 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 we identify with batman because he represents something that we all aspire to be like the justice that we want to see enacted but that the police just can't get done yeah um so it's you know it's 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 tough but and you know i think about how much the conversation has shifted since then right like how much of before it used to be this kind of narrative of like it's an entirely good system with a few bad apples And now I think, in recent times at least, like the conversations kind of shifted a little bit to the the entire system is bad except for a couple of good people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why a show like Brooklyn Nine Nine is so you know good and has like such a big following. I think about that movie, The Other Guys, with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and like how in that show, like pretty much every single other cop in that show is like pretty terrible, except for like except for Will Ferrell, and he's like. And he, and him himself is not like the greatest either, but at least like he, they're going up against like a corrupt, a corrupted system and they ultimately end up winning in the end. So I think having kind of showing that side of the, of the equation a little bit more and kind of showing, you know, the, and telling these stories of like real life, not real life necessarily, but telling stories of of the other side of the perspective, right? Like the the person who, you know, like uh, like in Dirty Harry I'm going back to Dirty Harry for a second instead of showing the dirty cop maybe show the story of the criminal the criminal who who got led to that path not to his own uh fault but to the fault of like the environment and the system that kind of molded that um anyway and that's why I love that show when they see us on Netflix because it really shows you like the perspective of these young innocent black and brown kids who were accused of this crime, the central park five and how much the police kind of forced that on them and how much of an impact that makes. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's ways you could redo media and revise what we think about media um, while still keeping the procedural genre, because I personally love shows like X-Files, like twin peaks, you know, like um, there's this British show called cracker um, that was, that came out in the nineties and then, you know, Sherlock, like uh, i i don't want to see those shows go away because those are really fun shows that aren't necessarily condoning peace, police brutality and condoning lawlessness amongst the police force and law enforcement but it's actually just subverting the genre a little bit and gives you a little bit more um of a different perspective so
2: absolutely actually
0: speaking of media and other like Ver- like you mentioned sherlock you mentioned other like versions of telling the cop story but like thinking of like superheroes specifically green lantern is an intergalactic cop and name a time when the comics actually dealt with the fact that he is a law enforcement officer that he oh. okay, keep going oh, keep keep oh sorry like name a time where he's they've ever uh dealt with like a law enforcement like being a law enforcement officer and what that means because you were uh you were chosen by an by entities that choose not to ever have an emotional reaction to a situation, which is like on basic grade school thinking great. Like don't have an emotional reaction, but like uh, and the idea that a character is able to force their will so much they can literally make the universe bend around them to get justice or to yeah. make a big punching glove uh, to punch a bad guy in the face. But like to actually have to deal with the fact that like they, uh, an outside entity has chosen you to enforce a, a, some form of law on billions of lives, uh, trillions of lives over billions of worlds. And it's like, that's, I mean, the idea, surface level, fun idea you know fun idea of a space cop but uh what it's as fun as is an idea of like a space taxi driver you're like Mm -hmm. oh that's fun like uh, (laughs) but like what is it what does that even mean because they've they've really never taken a dive into that and what that means exactly for uh how jordan or kyle rayner or any other green lanterns and i think that'd be interesting i don't know about for a movie but like there's been billions of comics on green lantern we could tell one story that actually dealt with the fact that he is a cop well and actually talk about it
2: yeah exactly and i think part of that too is this it goes back to the media assumption that cop equals good guy Mm -hmm. and that if cop bad cop corrupt right And, and and it never really tackles the idea of maybe the entire system of cop bad you know what i mean maybe this whole the whole way we're thinking about it is not correct and i think with the ambiguity of, of the guardians i think if you did greenlander you could like maybe enforcing the guardians will will Isn't the best thing for the galaxy, but that's
0: the point of the story. A lot is like how in the guardians bump heads, but it really comes down to like one man making a call for like an entire world's justice system. And you're like, that's not a good idea either. And also (laughs) the idea
2: of diving into uh, different planets would have completely different cultures and different law sets. I will say one time that they did that I know of that really did kind of dive into at least dance with that a little bit is um denny o'neill's iconic run with green lantern and green arrow mm-hmm. and Good just call. as as a rip to to uh denny o'neill who passed away recent uh, recently a iconic comic book creator um did the, my go-to uh denny o'neill story is he did a run on the question that is is like the he didn't create the question but his run on the character is like the iconic run on the character um uh, with Dennis Cohen. And uh so all right, rest in peace, uh Danny O'Neill. Um and and his his goals to push that medium towards being more inclusive and telling stories um that reflected the times while still being cool like superhero stories. And, you know, that's, hopefully we see more, we will see more of that. I I hope, but I hope it, it seeps into my concern. Isn't like the shows I love because the shows I love are like the shield and the wire and stuff like that, that were already kind of like plugged into the, what was happening in our culture. I hope that, what we're seeing now will trickle down into and affect the NCIS's, the law and orders, the stuff that a majority of Americans watch, um, and kind of affect, uh, you know, RB3, you were talking about um, the old noir stories, stuff like, you know, Maltese Falcon and stuff like that. And we look at, you know, the, a lot of that media came in from the hard boiled stories came in from the 30s to the 50s. A lot of the superheroes we love came in the 30s to the 50s. And there's a lot of sense of, I think um, you push back against law enforcement because there's a lot of corruption coming out of, uh, I would imagine this coming out of uh, uh, um, um, uh, prohibition and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like you look at movies like Godfather and Goodfellas and stuff like that where the cops are kind of like mobbed up. And it's like, well, you know, maybe listen, maybe we're like, listen, we'll let you guys mob up again. Just stop killing minorities. You know what? We'll do a trade. You guys just stop <laughs> killing minorities, and yeah. maybe you can get a little bit of mob money back. We'll just, you know, we'll if if you guys have to be corrupt, I, I don't. Maybe the system has to be corrupt. I don't know. We'll and trade. Wearing the Punisher logo, yeah, please yeah, yeah. for the <laughs> love of Christ, stop yeah. wearing
0: the Punisher logo. It's which, so toned to
2: have. F- by the way, they did. Which this felt like a little like considering how aggressive the Punisher is. This felt like a little like. Uh, like a like a a little slap on the wrist when he's like don't wear my logo in the comics like don't wear my logo wear the cap logo punisher should fucking hate the cops because you know what the cops did when his family was murdered not a goddamn thing not a goddamn thing and so punisher should not like the cops i that's that's my opinion um obviously it'll change depending on whoever's writing it but as we're wrapping up rb3 do you have any any final thoughts i'm like Law enforcement and media, and the and the shows and the movies we love, and maybe how they can help inform us better.
1: Well, I think that I think that having more uh, uh, people of color um, in front of the camera and behind the camera, yes. and especially behind the camera, really helps um, kind of tell these kind of stories. I think to one of my favorite, and not just in media, but in comic book writing and everything in general. Um, a key example I think of in movies recently is Black Klansman from Spike mm-hmm. Lee. Yeah. Um, that's a movie that showed a police force that were um, that did have a policeman as the hero, but actively discussed the the, the worth of that, discussed the social implications of that on um, the black community and was also um, ultimately, uh, pro pro black at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, stuff, stories like that are, are primed to be told. Um, you know, think about comic books, like you said, you made the perfect, um, you know, comparison with, with, uh, with, with, De- with Denny O'Neill, um, you know, Green Lantern, I think the issue number was number 76, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. where it's, uh, they were, were, a, a, a black dude actually confronts Green Lantern and tells mm-hmm. him, "Like you care all the, about the orange skins and all these different skins, but what about the black skins?" So it's like you gotta, you gotta, you know. The more we kind of incorporate that that messaging and salute to, you know, one of my favorite comic book series series runs lately has been um, the Tariq Nasheed run uh, Black Panther mm-hmm. and how it kind of explores like Wakanda and how. You know the kind of intricate systems that kind of come with that, and I think we just need more positivity when it comes to um, when it comes to the portrayal of African American and Black characters in comics and comics and on screen and, and, and just everywhere in general. So I I would just want to just say just shout out to the Black creators, shout out to everybody who is preaching a positive message, and salute to the allies who are out there helping us too. And um, and I also think like I. I I know you guys have done like Watchmen recaps with um, with Ed Ed Grier and everything like that, um, but I think Watchmen is also another perfect example of a show that like perfectly encapsulates the struggle and dynamic of law enforcement while also being like uh while also holding accountable like the people who need to be held accountable in that show mm-hmm. um and i think watchman is like so ahead of his time i think literally i don't know why i don't know how watchman like literally became like so prevalent today like when it came out like way before all this stuff but even the, the whole thing with the mask and the mm-hmm. um and the police brutality that's portrayed in that show and the ultimate methods that they go to 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 to, to figuring out the mystery behind it and i think that's i think you know more stuff like that is is crucial and i think um i think just in general i hope that we see more i think another way that cop shows can ultimately reform too is having cops that care about the community and actually doing positive things yeah. as well um and i think that is ultimately where we need to take it i think the reason why people love superheroes and comics and why i love superheroes and comics i'm wearing my Marvel show right now. I think I think ultimately is because like it shows law they're not like superheroes are necessarily cops, but they're law enforcement people Mm -hmm. who are actually doing good things and servicing the community and being part of the community that they're in. You know, my friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, the the reason why people love Spider-Man is because he's from the community. So I think that having a police, I think having police shows that represent police who are from their community and doing good and doing positivity I think is essential. And I think uh, showing reform and the fight against corruption and the fight against um, negativity and and all that stuff is the ways we could kind of hope for a better, uh, a better change in our media, because at the end of the day, media is the biggest thing that people consume. TV shows are the biggest things ever like everybody watches tv everybody watches movies yeah. everybody to some extent or another may not exactly read comics but are familiar with the stories and or eventually get the stories like on screen yeah so re-envisioning all of that for positivity and for community you know involvement and for fighting against corruption displaying that on media i think was it would be crucial to the the gift fight and to helping I'm the, the criminal justice system in our country right now. I meant to
2: that. You did. Uh, you, Thank you, man. Uh, based on what you're saying there, I, I got a, an idea for like a movie that begins with that opening crawl, like in a world where the <laughs> cops actually give a shit about their job and defend every community. <laughs> you're like, oh, I, oh, I'm interested to see where this fantasy movie
1: goes. Oh, let's see it.
0: Let's
2: see if they can pay this off.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Uh by the way, I mean, just I think I recommended it last week, but um, I I, I watched uh, the documentary from Ava DuVernay's company Thirteenth. It's a Netflix documentary, and it's very well done, and they do a, a really good job of demonstrating how the police force even came to be, mm-hmm. uh, in America and what the basis of it was, like. Yes, like I think I I don't need to say this, but I feel like I need to say it. It's like you know, people aren't asking for like there to be like a lawless land. Yeah, people want people to follow rules and be nice uh-huh. to each other and not steal shit from each other and murder each other. But the cops are doing some really bad shit and they've been doing it for hundreds of years now so we need to we need to change that And the third and 13th does a good job of illustrating that like a big part of cops jobs in like the 1800s was catching slaves and bringing them back down to the south like that that was a big part of their job and after that you saw how laws are put in place to basically recapture uh black people in America putting them into prison and making them as free labor for uh, people during reconstruction. You can just, mm. it, it's just laid out plainly there. Mm. It there's uh, it, it's very objective in the way that it tells its story and, and not story it, it the way it lays out history that was not taught in, uh, in American schools. And it's well worth watching just to kind of get an idea of what kind of reform people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Not ju- like, I mean, not just stop shooting Black people, like there, there is more to that when it comes to s- systemic changes. So, uh, again, a, a big part of what's happening right now is people asking. Let's just be honest, white people, to be educated and stop being like, "Wait a second, this is how it is." Yeah, we do this like every twenty years. Like, just mm-hmm. like go and educate yourself. Like, and I'm guilty of this. I, I have, I have to say that.
1: Um, well, and- I think, I think if anything, it's not. I, you know, I, I've been, you know, seeing, a, you know, a lot of this too, and I think it's not necessarily like all of white people's fault, I think they just don't teach it. Like they don't mm-hmm. teach Like you say, they don't teach the stuff that they show in 13th. They don't teach that in history books. And I think the reason why we keep coming to these like scenarios and the, these like kind of conflicts and a lot of these protests like every every few years is because literally like, you know, people aren't taught racial dynamics like from an early age. And it's kind of hard to teach people when they're like 25, 30, 35, 40, 50. You can't really teach people then at that point because it's like it's you know it's, it's a lifelong of built-up um misinformation mm-hmm. is kind of tough to correct in just one rally or one protest like no. we, it, it needs to start from the ground up from the very beginning and they need to start teaching a lot of this stuff a lot of the important racial uh dynamics and complications in this country they need to start teaching that early on yeah, like, yeah. and you mentioned
0: Watchmen, where it's like, let's be real, a majority of Americans, maybe even global audiences too, learned about the Tulsa massacre because of Watchmen, because of a mm-hmm. superhero spin-off adaptation of a comic book. Yeah. And you're right. like, why did it, wh- why were we not taught this? Like, why right. is it omitted from textbooks? And that, that's a, that's a great point that we're not taught and uh and i also think like that i saw a comment on this and just kind of reiterating because i talked to dj about this like i watched uh remember the titans recently with great movie uh and all this deals with like r- race issues in the 60s after the civil Rights movement and in schools integrating but like there i i feel like there's a lot of Americans that feel like, ah, oh, thank God we figured this out in the sixties, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> like thank yeah. God. Mission we, we accomplished. Are, we literally just don't, you know, like all we had mm-hmm. to do was not treat black people as like being disgusted. And like, that means we're fine. That mm-hmm. means everything's fine after this. And it's like, no, 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 we need to, we somehow the conversation stopped there. We need mm-hmm. to still have that conversation. We still need change. But anyways, those are a few, uh, that's a recommendation for me. I've said it last week and I thought it was really, uh, really pertinent now. And, um, Anyways, just try it like it's going to be a lot of change right now. And it's uh, just hoping for the best and hopefully some of the change actually sticks.
2: Yeah. And, uh, but, and I think yeah, to just to reiterate RB3's point, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, black representation of media in last week's episode with Ed, but also, you know, like RB3 was saying, not just, you know, um, more people behind the scenes, directors, producers, the people that are making these decisions, um, Bec- not and not just because you know the to to fix some of these systemic issues but also if you're a fan of movies and shows it will give you better more interesting more diverse shows it will give you more stories it will give you more interesting stories because it'll be from perspectives we haven't heard yet you know what i mean um, yeah. so, so if
0: like you're, you're all tired of the like 75th, like Pacific rim spinoff or monster movie, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, it's the same five people making those movies. Exactly. Yeah. So if
2: you're a fan of movies and TV shows and comics and video games, you should be at the forefront of wanting more diverse, um, storytellers, but also the people that give the storytellers the permission to tell these stories. You want that to be more diverse too. It's, it, it benefits all of us. We should all support it. Um, and uh, RB three, what are you? Just one more time for the people that maybe are tuning in late. I don't know how that works on a podcast, but for those people, what are what are you working on? What are you doing? Yeah. Where can people go to check out what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, you can find me uh, at uh, our YouTube channel, First Cut. Um, like I said before, we talk about movies, movie reviews. We have our podcast, The Meaning of Podcast, where every week we talk about a different filmmaker and break down their filmography um and yeah uh otherwise i'm also working on a short film right now too that's in post-production it's called it's called timestamp um but you know we are looking to debut a trailer within the next few weeks
2: hell yeah um
1: so yeah yeah hopefully that's going to be good but for right now you can just find us uh at first cut and uh, if you want to follow our social media pages we have an instagram and a twitter account at first cut tmo so that'll be great to check out as well Mm-hmm. and make awesome. sure you subscribe to the meaning of
0: hey, if you like the only stupid answers podcast you're definitely gonna be liking the meaning of podcast so go check it out I'm excited to go check it out as well RB3 thank you so much for joining us today please OSA you guys have always been amazing supporters of the guests that we bring on this show go give go give them some love go give those channels and shows some love and RB3 we'd love to have you on uh, in future episodes uh, we'd uh, loved your input and uh, and your fresh take and right now like it's just uh, with everything like if we especially with the quarantine it's just nice getting to like meet new people this way and like uh and hear and hear new voices but dj uh plug your stuff let's hear it from
2: you what are you doing over <laughs> there and in-, in, in dj land at dj talks trash every place that matters you can follow sam at sam basher you can follow only stupid answers on twitter ain't got the vowels from stupid yes at only stupid answers hang out the vowels from stupid Um, And yeah, we're going to, you know, new episodes every Monday. Um, We've got new reviews coming out for Stargirl. The Harley Quinn finale is coming up soon. Um, And Doom Patrol episodes are starting to drop soon. And so we're excited to bring you reviews for those as well. That show will be on DC Universe and HBO Max. But if you want our reviews, you can go to youtube.com slash Answers. Oh man, I was so right up until the end. You were, I was doing you so, were running through it, dude. I was you were doing, doing so great. good, and then I just tripped and fell at the very at the finish line right there. Oh my goodness!
0: Enough, hey, you gotta admit to your mistakes. Hey, we grow, we change. Yeah. So we hopefully are better people tomorrow than we were today. And most importantly, gang, just be kind to each other. Educate Amen. yourself. Drink some water. I know all of you are not drinking enough water, even though you're inside and there's not much else to do. Go drink some water. Go get some vitamin D outside and we'll see you guys next time.
2: Bye-bye.